There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing episode 5 of season 4 of 12 Monkeys. Alright, it's been something else, but before I go off on the rails here, or off the rails, like I can't even talk, just let's jump into like some stuff that you have, or <laughs> ratings. Um, well, the last episode, episode 4, we didn't have the ratings when we recorded, but we do now. It brought in a 0.09 in adults 18 to 49, with 0.336 million viewers. Making it the 81st rated cable show for the day. Not too bad. No, it was, that's a big increase over, uh, the first night. Episode 5 dropped to a 0.05 in adults 18 to 49 with 2.64 million viewers, making it the 118th rated cable show for the day. No, it's better than the second Um, episode. Well, yeah. I think a lot of people didn't realize it was starting, but then still three hours on a Friday night. Not like it's not difficult, or it's not that difficult, I should say, to sit there for three hours and watch TV, but at the same time, it's a Friday night. Yeah, that's people go out. People like me are working. I happen to be lucky, and I was off this last Friday, and I got to watch it, but yeah, I don't know. It just seems like having it all on at one time is just rough for them, but at least we're getting the season, and we're going to have it wrapped up instead of them saying, well, screw it, we're not doing anything. So, I, I'll take what I got. And we haven't gotten any Live Plus 7, though. No, have not seen a Live Plus 7 since the beginning of June. Wow. Yeah. That seems odd. Yeah. Nielsen is forgetting all about us. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I mean, they're, they're putting out Live Plus 3 numbers, but that seem to be fairly consistent, you know, on a weekly basis. But Maybe that's what they're doing now? I It's possible. Right. I know that they're having to revamp the way they do things again, so that may have something to do with it again. Because of all the streaming services? Yeah. Well, maybe they're finally going to catch up to everything and everywhere everybody's watching, and then we can get real numbers, and hopefully some of these shows will stay on then, because not everybody watches it right as it's airing. Too many people have jobs that are all over the place and crazy lives. All right, well... Let's jump into episode five, shall we? Let's do it. Entitled After. A clue to breaking the cycle leads Cole and Cassie to the 1960s. Zaman Shah returns. Why do I say his name all funky? (laughs) Salman? How do you say it? I'm thinking salmon, and I'm like, that's not But it's a Z. It's my fish guy. Salman. Okay. So, oh my gosh, the opening. The opening was so good. Yes. And you didn't know for sure what you had because you see two children playing. Right. And it looks like they're in 
Colin Cassie's old house. Thank you. That's what I was thinking. Yes. And you go, okay, what the f- is going on here? And then you hear Christopher Lloyd's voice and you go, oh, <laughs> okay. So the reason they're in the house is because this is all a memory, right? Right. Okay. He's reliving his childhood sweetheart's life with him all the way up until her death. And then we get a button from a certain Budinsky that none of us are too happy to see. I don't think even he was too happy about her. No, he he really wasn't. But if he's going to get what he wants, which we find out that, yes, he lost his faith when his wife died, and the possibility of the Red Forest is the only thing that drives him forward anymore, is to be able to have a chance to get her back. Yeah, with Olivia saying, well, find the weapon, and then you can live with her forever. And I'm like, oh, you need to be punched. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) But that being said and done and everybody's anger out there for the world, we have Cole and Cassie apparently not thinking about Deacon anymore. No, (laughs) apparently not. Little brown chicken, brown cow. Yeah, a little horizontal tango going on there. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because all of this is happening, and it's like, oh, this seems kind of awkward. And it it seemed out of place to me because they seemed like they were getting further apart. Right. And then it's like, okay, I guess they're going to reconnect. That's great. And then Jennifer. And then they get right back to getting further apart, discussing the birth certificate and his mom and Cole just saying, no, we're not. I got to have one thing to hold on to. Right, which I wasn't quite sure why he said that, but then we get Jennifer kind of jumping in for a little comic relief, saying, hey guys, remember what happened last time? And apparently she wanted some safe sex happening, so she told him just just butt stuff. Oh my god, Jennifer. (laughs) Uh, She is totally the comic relief. Oh yeah, she has been fantastic this year, (laughs) this season. She's (laughs) something else. But that's because she's made a discovery. She was doing a Google search on climb the steps and ring the bell and finally got a hit. We see a motel room with that on the walls with two dead men on the ground. I'm sure this will only unwell for our team. Yeah. As they dig a little deeper, they discover that they the two gentlemen are Russian spies apparently there to purchase an ancient and powerful weapon. Could this be what we're looking for? It's very possible, and Cole and Cassie um, gear up to go. <laughs> Another great line from Jennifer, the uh, the former uh, <laughs> primary. Uh, she's so excited, and they're like... Artist known as primary. Right. They both go, no. Right. I felt bad for her. She's like, oh. Yeah. But we had an awesome, like, scene then. Because we get Cole and Cassie coming off of the elevator in full-on 60s garb. Right. So they must have found the wardrobe uh, room that they couldn't find in the previous episode when they were going back to 1842 Montana. Well, if they're back at the Emerson, I just assume there's clothes there. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, oh, she looked great, though, in in like that, like, color block kind of dress and the go-go boots, the big poofy hair. 
Yeah. And then, I don't get it. How does Cole still look really good and like he's in the right place and right time when he still looks scruffy all the time? Yeah, that's a really good question. It doesn't make any sense. The only time he looked really out of place was, I think it's next episode, actually, when he's in a uniform, which you know what I'm talking about. But I'm like, how how does he look totally fine? I don't get it. Uh, it was the Harry Carey glasses. Is that what it is? <laughs> uh, well, off they go to try to find our Russian spies before they become dead Russian spies. Yeah. Yeah. I love it because Cole's about to get out of the car just to, quote unquote, stretch his legs. And Cassie's like, no, I know you're going to do something stupid. Yeah. And he was wanting to real bad. Right. And then if you're going to do this, what's going to happen? It's going to be this ultimate circle. It's going to be, we're the reasons that, that they were killed. And we're probably the ones who wrote the thing on the wall. And it's all our fault. Circle, circle, circle. We're right back where we started with absolutely nothing to help us with. Right. And that was definitely a def, um, a point that Cassie made that you had to say, she's right. But you know Cole isn't going to listen to her. Right. Ay, ay, ay. But Cole's like, no. no. But just, I just need some fresh air. I need to breathe some of that fresh 60s air. Right. <laughs> well, it's not so fresh where they're at, so why yeah. not? So they're walking. They hear a noise. They bust in. Oh, look, they're dead. Great. Now what do we do? Yeah. And then as they're like, all right, looking around, they find the case full of money. So obviously it wasn't just a robbery. The phone rings. And whether this is a good idea or a bad idea, Cole picks up the phone and then decides to arrange a meet at the Emerson because that way if it's a trap, they're on their their home turf, which could still be a really bad idea. Yeah. Ah, womp womp. But as this is going on, who's outside? Good old Salmon. Yeah, just kind of chilling watching. So... I I forgot about that for a minute. It's like, okay, so was he there setting them up? Was he looking what the Russians had? Did he follow them? I mean, I had a lot of questions that weren't exactly answered here. No, he could have been the one that was supposed to meet them to buy the weapon. Oh, so interesting. See, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. So, well... They go back to the Emerson, and then what happens? Cole's like, listen, Cassie, here's the deal. We can't let them get away no matter what, so you need to to go to the lobby. And we can use the fact that there's a future me running around to our advantage. And it's like, that. that's great, but eh, that kind of worries me, too. Yeah, just because there's a future you running around don't mean that you can't be killed. Exactly. And so she heads to the lobby really reluctantly. And gets hit with a headache right as somebody's walking past her. So I'm like, who is this guy? Is it some kind of family member? Is it? Could it be Ethan? I mean, we don't know. Right. Yeah, we could. Didn't get a real good look at his face. It did look like he had Zalman's type hat on. So I kind of thought it might have been somebody related to Zalman, but that wouldn't have caused her to have a headache. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is somebody going to come out? Or are they going to like? Go boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, right after that subsides, she turns around and goes after the guy in the hat and is taken by his people. Yeah. 
But she does get away. I'm surprised at the amount of just ass-kicking that she did. Yeah. It was great. Yes, it was. And as she escapes from them, she does find Cole, and he's dying. But I do want to say, and I almost forgot, that Thelman does happen to say, oh, it's the widow. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) What do you know? When are you talking about? Yeah. That's when I started with the head scratching and like, oh, God, what does this mean? Does this mean he's killing somebody or he did and she doesn't know because he's talking about a whole different time? It's like, ah, where's my flow chart? Right. Yeah. I mean, this is something that he possibly knows that's going to, that hasn't happened, that's going to happen, or he's just trying to play with Cassie's head. Right. It could be anything and he's kind of messed up. So I really don't know. Yeah. He definitely wants to have uh, people in his headspace. Right. I would say. Well, then when she does get away, though, like we were saying, she goes in the room because she hears a gunshot and she sees Cole laying there in the cellar. And what the hell is happening with Cole? She's like, oh, my God, are you shot? And she's like touching him. And all of a sudden, something comes out of his mouth. It looked like really dark. It was like black or something. And I wasn't sure if he if it was like a lung collapsing, if he had gotten kind of beat to crap as long. And it's like blood coming out or what the deal was. But I was freaked out. Then all of a sudden she's like, he's been poisoned. Like, how the hell did you get that? (laughs) I mean, I know you're a doctor. And basically went through med school twice because you were stuck way back. But dang, how did you figure that out that fast? Well, she worked for the CDC. She should know what a poisoning looks like. Well, and then it kind of freaked me out because what does she do? She's not like figuring out how to fix them right there. She like tethers home. It's like, what? Right. Where are you going? What are you doing? I was freaked out. I don't know about you. Yeah. A little concerned, but I figured that the only reason she tethered back was to try to get back earlier and keep it from happening. That was the only solution I could see that she was thinking of. But they weren't able to send her. Much further back, which I kind of was confused about, too. I thought we've been able to to do it relatively quickly. Right. But, yeah, he needed more time to recalibrate than they had. So, so he did the best he could and get him back a couple minutes earlier. Which, now we understand what the headache was. Right. <laughs> as, as soon as she bumps into that guy again, we see her going past him. Yes. Which I didn't see the first time. No. Okay. Did not notice it either. Like, you're really messing with us, dude. Like, the writer's room has got to be having just a good old time screwing with us. Because how many people can say that they've seen it the first time? Right. Because <laughs> you're so focused on Cassie and the character right here in front of you. Messing with us every time. Yes. He does an excellent job uh, at it. Yes. So... She's not able to change what's happening upstairs, though. But she has to hide in the hallway where she once again runs into Zalman. And this time, we get a little extra. Yeah. A very young pallid man. Yes. Who he's going on and on about. Like, he's so proud of him and this, 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 and this happened. It's like, okay, where has he been? Have you not been traveling with him? I was, I was a little like questioning what's going on there. Right. But apparently we get the whole explanation of what happened in the opening sequence. Right. And not just that, comparisons between him and 
him and his wife and Cole and Cassie. It's like, don't, don't. Right. Cassie, don't listen. Planting that seed. Planting that seed. Always with him. Just that yes. little bit of doubt. Oh, man. And I don't know. Cassie's just looking at him. And I was worried about her. Yeah, absolutely. Because you could see it in her face. She was drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh, that actually might be the way we are able to get both. Do it. But apparently, he's not really one for long-term torture. No. He wants to get it done quickly. Yes. So he decides, okay, well, we're going to just poison both you and Cole, and one of you people will get the antidote if you tell me what I want to know, which is where the heck is the weapon? Yep. And it turns out our young pallid man apparently went to school for his botanical obsession, and he had a whole case of stuff. Oh, Makes yeah. Makes me wonder what it all was. <laughs> It had to be nothing good, that's for sure. True. Don't think he was carrying around a, a few uh, kilos of uh, weed. <laughs> <laughs> but he doses them both, and oh, they're going to po- get the poison through their stream. They're going to die, and what's going to happen? And I was just like, what the hell? What's happening? I was so stressed out. Because if this is the second Cassie, then I can't even figure out how things aren't going to paradox. Because first, Cassie hasn't even been in there yet. Right. Oh, head scratcher, for real. So, who's going to give the information up? Of course, Cole has it. He's going to give up the information. And, hello, he's not going to save his own life. Basically, from nope. the beginning, he's thought, this is a dead-end train. Right. Yeah, he doesn't expect to survive to the end of this. And Cassie has to. As far as he's concerned, it's it's always been that way with him. Cassie always comes first. You know, that has to probably kill her when he's saying this. Yeah. (laughs) But then we get to go back to the future. Ha ha, see what I did there? Yeah. (laughs) And Jones and Jennifer trying to figure out, well, what else can we do if this doesn't work? I love this moment because they're like, well, how did we even know about being there and What's going on? Who did the report on the Russian spies? Who made it public? It's like, well, somebody had to file the request, and there is something kind of weird in it. Turns out it's a passage from the time machine. Right. And why is that in there? Oh, because one of Cole's good buddies happens to be a big fan of the time machine. Who might that be, Steve? Oh, super FBI agent. Robert Gale. The man what? who I can't stand in the crossing and totally yeah. <laughs> love this show. Go figure. Yeah. That's an amazing actor. But tell me, Steve, I thought this man died back in Berlin. East Berlin. Yeah, East. World War II or something, yes. So. And we get the flashback to that. And apparently the um, drawing that Ethan did got to him. From Cole, I believe it was. Yeah, I was going to say, how did he get the drawing? Yeah, I think Cole got it and handed it to him. And before they even went, and he goes, I'm I'm in. I don't care. Well, of course he didn't care. Because, of course, you see him just get riddled full of bullets. Hence the reason we thought he was dead. Yeah. (laughs) But when 
one of the Germans comes up to him. He goes, ah, this ain't my first rodeo and reveals that he's got a very bulletproof, bulletproof vest on. Yeah. Okay. Interesting because I didn't even think they had really good bulletproof vests back then. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he brought that from the future with him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Again, Terry Metalis messing with us by throwing in that little phrase, too. I don't feel yeah. like that was a big thing back then. No. Like, were there even rodeos back then? Yeah. <laughs> well, in the 60s, yes, okay. but not in World War II, 40s. Mm. Yeah, there probably were. Really but the are. Germans probably wouldn't know what the hell right. it meant. <laughs> He's probably like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then we have some other weird things happening. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> how? This is crazy. Well, Jennifer ends up go- going back in time after all. Right. To meet... Getting to go. And they meet at the bar. Oh, my gosh. To meet Gail. And this is hilarious because she's looking like something out of like a film noir with with the trench coat and the hat and the sunglasses. I loved it because the collar was up. Right. It was Pink Panther all over again. Oh it was God. Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> he, he walks up to her at the bar to talk to her. She's like, ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-ah-
hopefully fixing the poison. Yeah. So he's got some charcoal that was that's supposed to absorb it and keep it out of his blo- out of the blood system, and an antidote just in case. It's just got to be timed just right. Well, how's this gonna work out? I guess we'll see. But who right. else and, shows up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, then out of nowhere, Deacon shows up to uh, stop uh, Zalman and have a little chat and. Uh, of course, he gets the information on who's supposed to have the weapon. And as Zalman walks off, we hear the same little tune that Pallid Man is always whistling. So we know where he got that from now. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Like, I never paid that close attention to anything like my parents were singing or anything. If right. they ever did. <laughs> so now I'm like, how did you pay attention to that? I don't know. Yeah. So, of course, Deacon goes to the bar to get the weapon, and Zalman and his crew say, it's time to split, we're checking out. Well, of course, Gail catches them in the alley, and... Not so good. No. I was a little confused, though. Right. He was going to stop them and arrest them and at least get to question them, I believe was his intention. I don't think he would have ever taken them in, but... At least he might have got tried to get some answers out of him. Mm-hmm. And Zalman reaches in his coat pocket, starts to pull it out. Gail takes no chances and shoots him. Okay, so that was a little unexpected. And here's the question, because the young pallid man ends up getting away then, but grabs the hat. Right. Now, did he become what he is because of what just happened? Or was he already what he was, and this has just solidified it? For me, I think it just solidified it. I mean, if if we wouldn't have found out that he was into the botanicals and all that, then I might have said this would be the, the thing that probably kicked him over the top. But I think he was already pretty much all in at that before the Zalman gets killed. Okay. All right, well, I can see that. I was just like, hmm, again, another circle, huh? Yeah. So we're back up in the uh, room. Jennifer bursts in and gives Cassie the antidote and the charcoal and then rushes downstairs for the weapon. Yeah, well, she has to tell her what to do. And it's like, okay, but they still have to hide from other Cassie. Right. (sighs) But as she runs downstairs, (laughs) who do we see down there that pissed me off? Yeah. Oh, we see Deacon heading out with the case, thinking he's got the weapon. And Jennifer calls him and asks him, why is he doing this? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't feel really good about Deacon. Like, I think we mentioned it last episode. It's like, okay, is he really changed over? Is he, like, faking it? And then with everything that kind of goes back and forth here, I don't know if he's really faking it or if he's faking it enough that Jennifer thinks he's faking. Right. And that's where yeah. I was like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. You can't <laughs> can't trust him as far as you can throw him right now. Nope. But he did enough to convince uh, Jennifer that he was still on our side, apparently. It's mostly because of that, uh, was it the, the wink and a nod, basically. 
Right. Uh, I don't know. Singing, don't you forget about me. I know. That's the one thing where everybody seems to think that's really what did it. That it's like, oh, he's not on their side. No. I still, I I don't know. That was not the thing that I would say that would even come close to convincing me. Because that can be just as threatening as it is supportive. Right. That could be, don't forget about me, Cole, because I'm still coming for you. Oh, see, that's, I didn't even think of that, but that's horrible. Yeah. (laughs) But with Jennifer's smile, you kind of think, well, maybe. Because Jennifer seems super excited about it. Right. I don't know. Ultimately, I don't know. Yeah. Too early to call, but yeah, that would be a nice twist if he was actually playing Olivia. Right. I'm not counting on it. No, I I can't. (laughs) Because he could double cross, a double cross, and a double cross. And that's what I feel like is happening everywhere. Yeah. He's going to make himself important one way or the other. (laughs) Shaking my head. Anyway. Well, good thing was everything Gail gave them helped Cole. Yes. And after he's back, they're like, oh, look who's back from the dead. But he he's telling us about the visions he had. Right. He tells Cassie about it. Like, maybe it's the after. And they're still together on a beach. And it's like, hmm. I feel like there was something like this in the first season. Like, him re- thinking about what it would be like after. Like, this was his dream. Because it was right. a beach. But I don't right. remember for sure. Quite possible that it was, yeah. <laughs> Gonna make me crazy nuts. Anyway, of course, it's like... Then we get a powwow at the Emerson lobby with... <laughs> right. Of course, Jones, Jones comes and in and... Uh, Gail and... Yeah, everybody. I'm like, oh, look it. Everyone just decides to pop back to the 60s. At least go have a dinner somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> like, for what the guy did for you, take him to, for a steak dinner. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like something more than, a, oh, hey, bye. But Gail has all this great World War Two era information. Oh, it's perfect for us. Yes. And he informs them of a shadowy Nazi group responsible for the mystical object research. And in their terms, it's called Diglock. What? Yeah. What does this mean? <laughs> Doesn't it actually mean the bell? Yeah. And they're like, hold on. Are you serious? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't think that they could have been more surprised that (laughs) something with the word the bell comes to play. Right. And it's like, okay, then. Well, what does this mean? This means that we're going even further back because the message that we ended up getting or the information takes us further back into World War II and more into Nazi Germany. Yeah. Going to be even more dangerous in the next episode. Of course. Nothing to worry about. before they head off, Katerina has Hannah wanting to go with them. And no, no, no. I have something else for you to do. What is she sending Hannah to do? Yeah. I'm really like, oh, where is she sending Hannah? When? However you want to look at it. Right. I, that's a really good question. And I can't wait to find out. Great. 
but I do think it will be something important for Jones. I just do. Or for Hannah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's both of them. I, I go back to that little talk they had in the last episode or two episodes ago where Hannah basically tells her that yes, I need to walk with you during this time. Mm-hmm. So it, it's definitely got something to do with the both of them. I just don't know what. Hmm. Could she be going back in time and getting radiation sickness medicine? Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't have yeah. thought about that. People alive. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, what do you guys think is happening? Why don't you shoot us an email with your thoughts at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com or check out the website www.fangirlzone.com. It has our contact page. You can leave us messages under the podcast, on YouTube, on our Facebook, on Twitter. Send the email to us directly, however you want to do it. We will talk about it because we obviously love talking about this stuff. (laughs) And while you're at it, if you can leave us some ratings and reviews on iTunes, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, and tell your friends you know you want them watching this crazy, unexplainable, timey-wimey show and then you can talk about it. Because Steve and I are trying to grab one of our friends right now into doing it. And we're like, you just have to catch up three seasons. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just do it. Well, for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlass. I'm Steve. Whatever you need, you know where to find me or when to find me. And until next time.